G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. We need to finish what God has called us to do, and we must do so with passion and persistence. The Christian life has been described as a long obedience in the same direction. Pastor Greg Laurie urges us to stay focused and keep going. The devil's two favorite words are give up. So don't give up. Keep building. And you do so with enthusiasm. And you do so with passion. Listen, the critic only wins if you quit. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Winston Churchill, during World War II, spoke at the school he once attended. Tradition records his entire speech as just 17 words. Young men never give up, never give up, never give up, never, 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 never. Historians point out the words were slightly different and the speech notably longer, but it's still good advice. And today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that we must display that same kind of resilience. Well, we're in the book of Nehemiah. We're looking at this book of rebuilding a wall. Nehemiah was called by God to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And when you get down to it, everyone is either building the wall or in a way we're tearing down the wall. So I closed with a series of questions last time. Are you a participator or are you a spectator? Are you a servant or are you a slacker? Are you a worker or are you a shirker? (laughs) Let me put it another way. Are you a wall builder or are you a wall breaker? Are you a faith builder or are you a faith breaker? See, it really comes down to one of the two. Some are doing the work of God. Others are standing on the sidelines and critiquing those that are doing the work of God. So let's see what happened now. In Nehemiah chapter and I'm going to read verses 1 to 3. By the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Sanballat was very angry when he learned we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Samaritan army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day by offering just a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, well, that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked over the top of it. So let's see how they handled it. 
Nehemiah prayed about the criticism and he persisted in the rebuilding of the wall. What I love about Nehemiah is he never stopped building the wall, ever. Not even a coffee break. He just kept building and building. Look at Nehemiah 4, verse 4. Then I prayed, hear us, O our God. We're being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Don't blot out their sins for they have provoked you to anger in front of the builders. And at last the wall was completed to half its height around the city for the people had worked with enthusiasm. So what do you do when you're critiqued? What do you do when you're attacked? You take it to the Lord in prayer. Yes, Nehemiah was praying, but he was also practical. Look at verse nine of chapter four. We prayed to our God and we guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. See, in Nehemiah, among other things, we see how the practical and the spiritual go hand in hand. We learn in Nehemiah how to plan our work and then how to work our plan. It's very important because sometimes people in the name of spirituality are not spiritual at all. Let me illustrate. Let's say you don't have a job and I don't have a job and I'm just praying the Lord will give me a job. Okay, what'd you do yesterday? I, I just stayed at home and prayed I, in my lazy boy. In your lazy boy, yeah. <laughs> I slept a little too, I have to admit, but I prayed, I prayed. Okay, what'd you do the day before that? I, I laid in my lazy boy and I, I prayed. Prayed for a job. Lord, send a job. Yeah, you know what? Why don't you get off your big, fat, lazy boy <laughs> and fill out a resume and submit it to as many places as possible and pray over everyone. See, there's a place for the spiritual and there's a place for the practical and we miss that sometimes. Here's a good illustration. Uh, David and Goliath. David was on his errand for his dad delivering food to his brothers, effectively a pizza delivery because he took bread and cheese to his brothers. What is bread and cheese? I call that pizza, okay? <laughs> and so he's taking pizza to his bros. And he hears this massive hulk of a man, nine feet, six inches of solid muscle covered in body armor, bellowing from the Valley of Elah for someone to come fight him. He's choosing an entire nation off. His name's Goliath. He says, hey, send your champion. Let him fight me. If I win, you guys serve us. If I lose, we'll serve you. No one would go fight Goliath. David's looking at him thinking, oh man, I've taken up beasts as big as him before. Give me my sling and my rocks. And I love how he walked out there and he looked at Goliath and he said this, the battle is the Lord's and he'll give you into my hand. That's good, very spiritual. The battle is the Lord's. And then he, he prayed for one hour, closed his eyes. No, no, he didn't know. He prayed, yeah, the battle's the Lord's. Now I'm gonna kill you. And so he put the stone in the sling and started swinging it around, and it hit the giant in the forehead. Goliath collapses to the ground. David runs over, pulls out Goliath's massive sword, Cuts his head off, probably had to saw it off. It was so big. I'm just being honest, okay? <laughs> Holds up the severed, massive head of the giant Goliath, and all the Philistines freak out. That was spiritual. See, that, that's the boat. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating decapitation or violence of any kind. I'm just simply saying he prayed and he took action, okay? And the people on the wall, they prayed, but they were practical as well. 
Verse 13, we had armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed area. I stationed the people to stand guard by their families armed with swords and spears and bows. Wait, shouldn't they trust the Lord? Yeah, trust the Lord and protect yourself. They were practical and prepared. And they held their course. Nehemiah sets up a system. There's a 24-hour guard in place uh, and if anything happens, if there's any problem, they're to sound a trumpet, Nehemiah 4.18. Blow a trumpet, and if you hear the trumpet, go fight. But be reminded, our God will fight for us. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the U.S. Today, Pastor Greg is presenting a message from Nehemiah chapter 4 called Dealing with Criticism. Let's continue. My last point, we need to finish what God has called us to do. And we need to do it with passion and persistence. Look at verse six. The wall was completed up to half its height around the entire city for the people had worked with enthusiasm. Listen to this. The most dangerous part of a work is when it's half done. When it's half done, the halfway point. They're just thinking, oh man, we've worked so hard and we still have another half a wall to build. But then again, look how much you've accomplished. So you just continue on and you do so with enthusiasm and you do so with passion. Listen, the critic only wins if you quit. The devil's two favorite words are give up. So don't give up. Keep building. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your life and your spiritual growth. Here's a verse I already quoted. I want to come back to it in closing. Verse 10 of Nehemiah 4. The people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired. There's so much rubble to be removed. We'll never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Have you ever felt that way? Oh man, I'm trying to get my life sorted out, but what a mess. All the rubble, all the trash. Yeah, sometimes you got to move out the old junk to make room for the new. You know, I, I don't know why, but I have some kind of weird fixation with um, Converse shoes. You know what I'm talking about? I love them. I wear them all the time. And my wife says, you have too many pairs of Converse shoes. And she says, if you get a new pair, you have to get rid of the old pair. But I don't want to get rid of an old pair. I like the old pair. They're really worn. No, if you get one new pair, you have to get rid of an old pair. Well, I, I don't get rid of any of them, and I have a lot of them now. Even when they're falling apart, I just glue them back together and keep wearing them. But there's a principle there. You know, you want the new and get rid of the old. So, you know, maybe you've been struggling in your life. You have a struggle with alcohol. It's your downfall every time. So you've said, Lord, help me. And you've been able to be free from it for a month or six months. And it's great. Okay, now take the practical steps. You have any booze left in your house? Hey, man, pour down the toilet. That's a practical step, isn't it? Or maybe you have a problem with pornography and you keep going back to your computer and looking at porn or you look at it on your phone and and you say, I just can't overcome it. Well, you can get these little internet filters, but maybe they don't always work as well. Here's a revolutionary thought. If it was necessary, get rid of your stinking phone. Do you think you could exist without it? By the way, you can get phones that aren't smartphones. They actually just dial and make phone calls. You can't go online and do all that other stuff with them. Jesus said, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your arm offends you, 
take it off. That was not literal, obviously. He's saying whatever it takes to be free from that sin that might be dragging you down, take action. And if that meant literally removing an electronic device from your life, do it. If you have old friends that are dragging you down, get some new friends that take their place. Stop hanging around the godless people and start hanging around godly people. See, there's the practical and there's the spiritual. Take action. Clear out the rubble. Clear it all out. And now rebuild the wall, a brick at a time. Just start right where you are. I know it's overwhelming, but I want you to consider an oak tree for a moment. And consider the fact that an oak tree comes from this. It's called an acorn. I'm holding an acorn. When planted in the ground, it takes a while to break ground, but it can turn into an oak tree. But it's sort of a picture, isn't it, of life? Like here we are and we're planting that little seed and we're hoping it will grow into something that will stand the test of time. So here's the good news. Next time you see an oak tree, remember it started with an acorn that held on. Look at that acorn and just be reminded of what a nut can do. <laughs> you start where you are. But you need God's help. The people called out to God, Lord help us. And you need to call out to God. Only he can help you to do what he wants you to do. Let me close with this one last thought. Remember how they were to blow the trumpet? And if the trumpet blew, that meant they were all to rush to that spot because there was a breach in the wall. The Bible tells us to listen for a trumpet too. In 1 Thessalonians 4 it says, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive and remaining shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The Lord is coming back again. Sometimes this is called the rapture. It comes from the root word harpazo which is used many times in the New Testament. It means to be moved suddenly, to be moved quickly. I believe there is a generation that will not see death, but they will be caught up in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and hurtled into God's presence, reunited with loved ones who have died in faith and have gone before us. We could be that generation. Say, Greg, get over it. How long have you been preaching this? Over 40 years? Yes, as a matter of fact, I have. And you know what? I still believe it as much as I've always believed it. And we're closer today to the coming of the Lord than we've ever been in human history. And I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to see the signs of the times all around us. The terrorism, the instability, the violence, the trouble with nations, the fear in the air. All signs of the times. The Bible told us these things would happen. But the Bible also says, Jesus speaking, when you see these things begin to happen, look up for your redemption is drawing near. So let me ask you a question. If that trumpet were to blast would you go to heaven? What if this were the day Christ would come back and call us to heaven? Would you be one of the ones who would be taken into his presence? Or would you be one of the ones who would be left on this earth? Because that will happen for many. Probably for most. But all who believe in Jesus will go to heaven. And look, I know I'm getting to heaven. If I get there via rapture or death, one way or another, I'm getting there. 
I have God's word on it because Christ died for me on the cross and paid the price for all of my sin. And I believed in him. And you can too. So we're gonna, we're gonna close now in prayer. And I'm going to extend an invitation for some of you to believe in Jesus so you can know your sin is forgiven, so you can know that Christ is living in you. Maybe you've tried to fix your life. You thought, man, I, you know, I came here today to church to get some help. I, I figure I need a little religion. A little religion would do me some good. Friend, you don't need a little religion. You need a lot of Jesus. That's the only answer. And he'll come into your life and forgive you of every sin you've ever committed and start changing you. But you must call out to him. The people in our story had to pray and ask for God's help. And you must do the same. We're gonna pray in a moment. And I'm gonna extend an invitation for you to ask Christ to come into your life. Let's all bow our heads for our prayer, if you would, please. Father, we've heard your word. And we know one day that trumpet will sound and people will be called into your presence. And Lord, I pray for any here listening, wherever they are, if they do not know you yet, I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict and convince them of their need for you. And I pray that they will come to you now and believe. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer. And if today's message has encouraged you to want to make that kind of change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg would love to lead you through that right now. I think people are surprised that it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't even take hours. You can believe on the spot. And I would like to lead you in a prayer where you can ask for his forgiveness, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you want a second chance in life, if you want to go to heaven when you die, stop what you're doing and pray after me. These words, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin, and I turn from it now, and I choose to follow you from this moment forward as Savior and Lord, as God and friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And if you've just prayed those words with Pastor Greg, the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. The Bible says Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we'd like to send you some materials to help you begin to live this new life. We call it our New Believers Growth Packet. Just ask for it and we'll send it your way free of charge if you've prayed for the first time today with Pastor Greg. Just call us on 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time, Pastor Greg brings us more from our studies in the book of Nehemiah. He'll have encouraging counsel on focusing on our work for the Lord, no matter what opposition we may face.
Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Dealing with Criticism. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, you can contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.